Welcome to Scrum Dynamics. Welcome to the Scrum Dynamics show, especially if this is your first time joining me, an extra special welcome to you. I'm Neil Benson, and my goal on this show is to help everyone use the Scrum framework to successfully implement Microsoft business applications. In this episode, we're trying to answer the question that most Scrum teams will wrestle with at some point. How should we handle bugs? When should we estimate them? When should we fix them? Within the Agile software development community, there are two common practices for handling bugs. In the first practice, the Scrum team treats bugs like any other product backlog item. They estimate them, prioritize them, and work on them when the product owner ranks them near the top of the product backlog. In the second practice, the Scrum team treats bugs differently to other work. They often work on them immediately, only rarely adding them to the product backlog and never estimating them. There are a couple of common sources of bugs. Um, first one is from users who find bugs in production. Secondly, from the development team who find bugs developed in an earlier sprint. For example, you might find it through regression testing or, heaven forbid, a Microsoft update that's, um, you know, changed the application's expected behavior. From the development team, um, you can also find a defect on a feature developed within the current sprint. That's the third method, or the third source. Let's look in detail at the two approaches and how they handle bugs from these different sources. I'll share my team's usual practice, and you can choose the best approach for your team. Bug estimators. That's the label I'm going to use for a scrum team that treats bugs like any other product backlog item. If a user finds a bug in production, or a developer finds a bug in an earlier increment, then the team will write a card, estimate the complexity, there's our developer doing the estimate, and they will add the card to the backlog. They usually won't write a card for any defects discovered on a sprint backlog item. That's a card we're developing in the current sprint. Instead, we fix those defects straight away before the item is accepted as done. For defect cards, it's up to the product owner to prioritize them. She can shove them down to the bottom of the product backlog if they are low severity, or rank them at the top of the product backlog if they are high severity so that the team will include that high severity defect in an upcoming sprint. The advantage of the bug estimating practice is that you can measure how much of the development team's capacity is spent fixing bugs in each sprint. This data can be useful when planning the team's capacity during sprint planning. For example, if you know the team's average velocity has been 50 points per sprint, and you're forecasting the same for this sprint, then you know that if you want to fix 20 points of bugs, then you'll have capacity for 30 points of new stories. That's the bug estimation pattern. It's recommended by Mike Cohn, and I'll add a link to his article in the show notes, and it's practiced by quite a few Scrum teams. The alternative is the bug zapping method. That's the label I'm going to apply for a Scrum team that treats bugs differently to user stories. Bug zappers never estimate bugs. They try and avoid writing cards for bugs or adding bugs to the backlog. Some bug zappers immediately stop work on a story and fix every defect as soon as it's reported. And while that leads to very high quality software, 
most bug zappers recognize that fixing a low severity defect might be less valuable than continuing to work on a high value user story. They will immediately zap critical and high severity defects and potentially write a card for medium and low severity defects and add that card to the backlog. Why don't bug zappers estimate defects? Well, in my experience, there are only two kinds of defects. There are the defects where you immediately know the cause of the problem and can fix it in a few minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, I know cause that one. Then there are the defects where you're going to have to spend time analyzing the defect in order to determine the root cause. These complex defects can sometimes take 10 minutes to trace. Sometimes they can take hours and hours. The troubleshooting time is impossible to estimate and the resolution time can be too hard to estimate, especially before you know the root cause. That's why bug zapping teams don't waste time estimating bugs. Bug zapping teams are consistently zapping fresh bugs every sprint. Their velocity might vary a little depending on how many defects were discovered during the sprint, but it'll quickly average out. If the overall quality of the development team's work improves, they'll spend less time working on defects and more time developing stories and their average velocity will rise. If the product owner wants the team to work on a medium or low priority defect, she can rank it near the top of the backlog and suggest the dev team works on it in the upcoming sprint. The dev team can reduce their forecast capacity if there's a lot of defects to work on. Those defects aren't estimated, so the factor by which they'll need to reduce their forecast capacity for stories will be an educated guess. A variation for bug zapping teams with a lot of defects in the backlog is to have one or two developers assigned to defects in a sprint. That reduces the team's forecast capacity for story pointed cards by a known amount and the bug zapping developers just work through as many defects as they can until the product owner is happy again. That's the bug zapping pattern. It's recommended by Mitch Lacey and in fact almost every other scrum trainer and it's the practice that seems to be used by almost every scrum team. My Microsoft business applications teams are bug zappers and here's why. First of all, estimating bugs is almost impossible. I think the time spent estimating defects could be better spent fixing them. Secondly, writing cards for bugs is another waste of time. Only do it when or if you really must. Mitch Lacey wants you to take it a step further and stop tracking bugs altogether. Thirdly, estimating bugs using user story points is dangerous. Almost every scrum team I know tracks their story point velocity and wears it as a badge of honor because it represents value delivered to our business application users. Or at the very least, it represents our team's productivity. Fixing defects doesn't represent value delivered to the users. The defect shouldn't have been there in the first place. Assigning story points to defects in order to tr track time or effort spent resolving bugs is double counting. Imagine if your product owner was paying your team $1,000 per story point. How happy would she be if you got paid $5,000 for delivering a five point story and then another $2,000 for fixing a two point defect she found in that feature in production? 
To prevent that kind of scenario, you'd need to use a different scale for estimating bugs and track it separately from story points. Usually that kind of metrics complexity just isn't worth the effort. So how does your team handle bugs? Are you a bug estimator or a bug zapper? Let me know in the comments wherever you watch this or listen to it on social media or on my blog at customerly.com 40. While you're there, you can find the full show notes, including links to the Bug Estimating Mike Cohn's article and the Bug Zapping Mitch Lacey's article. You can also download my business apps, Bug Handling Infographics. I appreciate you watching or listening. Thanks for joining me. Remember, keep sprinting, never slow down. Bye for now.